Hello, wrestling fans. It's Quint Charisma. Hey, that's me. Today I'm with Jeremiah Plunkett. Yo again, everybody. Jeremiah Plunkett and Quint Charisma. By golly, we're smack dab along ringside. And son of a gun, we are ready to go with another big week of the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. Quint? What's going on? Oh, I'm sitting here with about a 20-pound cat on my lap who's trying to headbutt me right now. Hey, in some places, you have to pay for that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> Uh, so today we're on show number 29. I just, I just had a question I was thinking about today. How many uh, notebook, you know, things have you went, paper things have you went through? Well, I'm uh, I'm in the year 2020 and I use my laptop. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm old school since we're in doing old school eight, 1987. I went through the uh, three of the, uh, the little uh i guess you, i don't know are they called spiral notebooks where the you tear the paper it's got the you know real like the like slinky looking thing you know yeah. i guess that's what they're called i went through three of those and probably about 20 pens so i i went through one word document that i just empty out and then redo the next time ah well <laughs> I'm old school, so I, I, uh, I do the old pen and paper, and you know, if somebody ever actually finds these, uh, my notes. I'm sure it'd be some good entertainment trying to figure out what in the crap I was writing, because you know my half the time you can't read them. I know, as you know how bad my spelling is, and then put it on top of that of me watching it and writing it fast as I can, and my. My bootleg shorthand and um, stuff like that. So yeah, I, be, people would probably uh, get a kick out of these, and then after about halfway through, they'd throw them down because their head would probably hurt trying to figure it out. But anyway, so it's the 29th show. We're doing the CWA Memphis TV show from July 18th, 1987. So that means it's Evansville, Indiana feed is always what we've been doing. And so that means it was taped in Memphis on July 11th, 1987. We get the regular show opening, the music, the video. Opens up with Lance and Dave at the desk. Lance gives a greeting. Um, did he have a Lanceism at the greeting? I heard, I, I know he did two sometime during the show, and I forgot to write them down. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not sure about the uh, the beginning. I know we got a double hot tough at one point. Yeah, double hot tough. <laughs> um, we got a yowzer or two. Yeah, yep. Yeah. You know, he, uh, he, he was, I, I didn't write down as many as I should have, but yeah, he, uh, he was excited today. Yeah, he he gave a he he did he did more than he did more than these you know normal one or two here and there. He he had he was throwing them all over the show, so he he must have felt good. So today's lineup, Dave gives it's uh, open singles match. You got Brickhouse Brown. Then we'll have Rocky Johnson, Bill D in a tag match. Moondog Spot and Spike, Jeff Jarrett. What the crap did I write? All right, I have no idea what I just wrote down. Well, I'm assuming it's the debut of the Nasty Boys. Oh yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Jim Jarrett and the the introduction of the Nasty Boys. Uh, Lance says there's a video of a match with Paul Down, Pat Tanaka, Rocky Johnson, Bill and Dee. Um, he plugs the upcoming Super Tour. In August, with the world champion, the world tag team champions, 
and then they cut to the break. So, didn't they just have a super tour? They did. Wasn't that, was um, that May? Or in April? Uh, sometime, it was like, didn't, was it like April going into May? Didn't they have like a big super tour? Yeah, I, be- I believe so. But they ne- I will say that they never said that the world champion or world tag team champions was there. That's so true. This is, this is the real super tour. And that was just, that was just the, the, See how that was just a warm up, you know, just to see how to see how it would go. So this is the this is the, the bringing the big guns on this one. So this is yeah, the the big super tour. All right, so they cut the break. They come back. Lance standing. Music hits, and uh, the Rocky music hits. And out comes it's Rocky music, wasn't it? It was I the Tiger. Yes. Yeah, I the Tiger. Out comes Brickhouse Brown with the crown, and Lance says he's the new Southern champion. But we have a little problem. He doesn't have the belt. Boy, that's my. Where was the belt? And, and it never explained it. I, I was waiting to see if there was some kind of angle about that or something. Yeah. No, he just didn't have it. I, I, I was like, did they leave it at the Friday night spot shows, or did it? You know, did one? Did, did a rat run off with it at the uh, the hotel the night before? Or so? I mean, what? He, he couldn't wear that and his weight belt out. Oh, there you go. Cause see, I thought when he got him wrestling, he got it. I was like, oh, he's got the belt on, and I looked. I said, oh no, it's got a buck on. That's a that's a weight belt. So. Yeah. See, at first I thought he had it on backwards. Yeah, I did too, and I saw it was the big buckle, and I was like, no, they had they had the snaps on on that one. So I was like, no, that's a weight belt. So yeah, it's kind of odd because they did this, you know, big thing last week with the. You know, against the crown and the shoe shining and the title, and he wins, but it comes on TV, no title. That's just, that's odd, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've said, they did it a few times with the tags, you know, but that's the main, you know, the main belt, so that was that was really odd. Um, man, <laughs> he's he, he was in good, he was, um, he was, um, on fire on the mic again. Yeah, he's such a smooth talker. <laughs> yeah, he he was uh, man. He was just letting it. He was just flowing, and every time he'd say <laughs> "King Redneck," man, I just <laughs> it just got me chuckling. But boy, that was the only critique I could have for Brickhouse Brown's promos is he overuses "Let me tell you something." Yeah. But I noticed as the show went on, everybody says, let me tell you something or let me explain something to you. It seemed like around that late 80s, early 90s, that was the, everybody, that was like the big thing everybody started using. It's, you know, especially the newer guys. You know, I guess because, wasn't that like Hogan's gimmick? He always said that. Oh, yeah, let me tell you something, Yeah, brother. I think, yeah. I, so I think that was just the heyday of when that just really caught fire. But I tell you one thing I noticed, boy, there was one, there was a kid in that crowd, boy. He was getting on Brickhouse. Oh yeah, yeah. As soon as Brickhouse talked about winning, I heard the kid go, "You cheated." Yeah. <laughs> I say, boy, there's some little kid out there mad today, and I did notice something. Um, that crowd's full. He didn't get the biggest pop. As he did the week before, and he he didn't. And Lawler got a bigger pop, but I I and I noticed there was a lot. I looked this because I noticed that the pop. He still got a pop, but nothing like it was the last few weeks. 
there was more white people in the crowd, I noticed. Yeah. So, I don't know if, if, if the tickets got, you know, sent out by, I'm not saying, but it's wrestling, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, absolutely, I could see that happening. You know, it's like, um, hey, uh, he's starting to get a pop, Lawler's popping down, Brickhouse has got a, last couple of weeks, you know, we think, you know, that whole thing, you know, we talked about, we think kind of, <clears throat> Excuse me. Kind of backfired a little bit. So I'm just wondering if those, t- <laughs> those so tickets. Those tickets. They actually sent the tickets out. I always thought you like waited in line. I always heard that that they, um, that you had to write the studio and they mail them to you. I could be wrong because they can only let so many tickets in there. But they people gotcha. waited out and I. But I also heard that they and then then they uh, if they had room. They let so many people in in line, but I don't know. I don't know the truth. I don't know how that works or not because I do remember one night uh, we used to go to the fairgrounds, uh, especially after I started driving. We would we would uh, stay after uh, everybody left the building. We'd go back in the building because the uh, uh, the security guard for the state fairgrounds is the one that locked up all the locked up the buildings in like at twelve. 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, he made his rounds around the, the fairgrounds property, locking up all the buildings. So after 10, 30, basically the building was cleared. We sneaked back in there, me and Mark Gordy and, uh, and my other buddy, other friend Doug, uh, we'd <laughs> sneak back in there and um, uh, and one day we found, we found uh, uh, we went in the Bayfay dressing room and man, there was like a whole handful of the studio um, tickets. Oh, that's cool. And you gonna keep them? I got one. I think Mark grabbed a couple of them. Um, I don't know what happened to mine. He sold his on eBay for like twenty or thirty bucks a piece. <laughs> and uh, but man, it, it go. It's crazy because I talked to him one day about. It. I said, man, I'll we go back in. There, man, we go in the dresser and there'll be stuff laying around. And out in the uh, the arena. Man, there was programs galore. Just people would just take them, look at them, and throw them down. And so now it's like, man, all that money. That was money sitting there. We didn't even realize it. Yeah. Man, we could have scarfed all that up. And <laughs> it's like. It, it was money or you would have, like, the coolest Memphis collection ever? Well, he kept. I I put all mine in grab bags. So he kept the ones he already had. You know what I'm saying? That the, I mean, we got we got them every week anyway. You know, we bought one. But the. Um, I'm saying so we had those on the ground, but I, so he he still had his. But I, I put mine in grab bags and sold them for a dollar like an idiot. Uh, but um, I'm just saying though. So I mean, we already had. He, you know, what I'm saying if he already he still had his. You know, he never got rid of his like I did mine. But we would have had this this big stash of you know extras that. Um, that was what be worth a lot of money, and I told him, man, just like man, we could have dug in those trash cans in the dressing room and got the blades out. <laughs> we could have sold people's blades. <laughs> oh God, oh that's risky. Hey, people would have bought them. People would have bought them. Nowadays, people buy anything. Oh, I, I'm later. sure. I'm sure they would have. But <laughs> oh, can you imagine getting cut by one of these blades? Oh, yeesh. Yeah. I'm all, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't just go in there all willy nilly. I'd be careful. <laughs> I'm just, but I'm just saying though. When you look back and you just think, oh, there's a lot of stuff just laying around, and I'm sure if there was, 
I'm sure the 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 uh, lineup sheets and stuff was in the trash cans. There's no times we should went to the <laughs> looking back. It's like there's no times what we could have found if we would really realized there was later on that stuff be worth a lot of money. You know. Surprised you never found a belt. Well, they 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 were never thought about, they didn't find no belts. No, they always took the belts. So I don't know. I guess because I had to have them for Monday night, because Monday night's the main town. All right, and I'm so lost now where I left off. <laughs> uh, we're still in the promo with Brickhouse. Uh, basically, Brickhouse he ends the promo uh, saying, "Oh, I'm sorry. This is what all you people want to hear." And he goes into his roots impression again. That's right. Yeah, he goes back and does that again. <laughs> and Lance does not appreciate that. Yeah, I think he said. I think one week of that was enough. I think Lance is kind of like uh you know, because Lance has got to hear about this stuff. Lance and Dave, they, you know. Yeah, yeah. Any, any complaints, uh, they got to hear about it mm-hmm. in the station. Yeah, it ain't, you know, so yeah, Jerry Jarrett's done gone for the day, and they got to hear it all week long. He even showed up. Well, I'm just, yeah. But I'm just saying, they got to hear it about it all week long. So, yeah, it's, um, anything like that that comes, you know, Dave and Lance, they got to hear about it. So, yeah, sometimes you can tell Lance is just, he's not, he's not selling, he's really, you know, but uh, yeah, and Lance, and Lance cut it quick. Yeah, since, since yeah, because yeah, it, it didn't go as long as um, it did last week. Was he just did a little bit of it, and then um, uh, then he he basically cut him off, kind of. So go, so uh, got the first match today. It's uh, Brickhouse Brown against Ed Maddox. Jericho Hunter's your referee. He's your referee for all the matches today. Um, basically, Brickhouse starts with the heat. Just starts on him. Um, did a nice suplex. Yeah, and he actually saved Ed Maddox's life because <laughs> Ed Maddox did not hook his head and started going over, yeah. and Brickhouse grabbed him and landed him good flat. Yeah. Um, that fist drop that Brickhouse Brown does, I don't know why it looks so good, but it looks so good. Oh, the little punchy, that little drop he does. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's like a. When I say fist drop, I don't mean like Lawler, more of a million dollar man, but he doesn't land on his uh, his shoulder like Digiasi did. Yeah, he he, uh, he has his own little technique to it. it? But yeah, it does, it does and, look good. And we get a lot of bridge house dancing too. Yeah, a lot of punching and kicking, and and, and I put on a lot of punching, and kicking, and dancing. And man, he man, he is just decapitate Ed Max of that clothesline for the he hit him the clothesline and pinned him for the for the win but that whoo Ed Maddox landed on Brickhouse did you say that his legs yeah and, and Ed Maddox let's not mistake like nowadays everybody does an inside out bump or a backflip bump or something crazy off off a big clothesline Ed Maddox wasn't doing that Brickhouse yeah. took his head off yeah um yeah. and <laughs> I know that there wasn't the terminology difference back in this time, but that was hilarious. That was just, that wasn't just a clothesline. That was a hilarious. Yeah, that was a Stan Hansen on a young boy from back in about '88. <laughs> yeah, before when Stan could really rear back and just kill you with it. Yeah, that was um, yeah, that was brutal, man. But it's getting it over because nobody. Only person I really could think of at that time that was really using the clothesline. For finish was, well, really nobody was it because Luger he would set up his rack with the clothesline, but 
nobody really that was the actual finish, you know? Yeah, I, I can't think of anybody. And yeah, but it was. Anyway, he's getting it over though. He's. I mean, definitely not in that territory. No, no, definitely not. No. Uh, I mean, I don't even think Luger was using the clothesline yet. He didn't do that until. Uh, WWE and the well, he uh, would, bionic uh, bicep. Well, he would. Uh, he would hit him with it to set up the the rack. Yeah. Hit him with the clothesline, and then they, then he didn't pick him up. Which his clothesline was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's a bicep to the head. <laughs> but yeah, he used his to set up the rack. Um, yeah, he did a lot of dancing. Um, so he gets out of the ring. Out comes and Lawler. And always got pops. Like, they, they, the crowd couldn't help but pop for the dancing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he did a lot more dancing this week than he did last week. Um, out comes Lawler. He tells Brickhouse to get back in the ring. Uh, basically, Brickhouse, he's over by the curtain by the dressing room, and uh, I couldn't see. I couldn't see if he was saying anything. Cause I definitely couldn't hear it if he was. I don't know if he said anything a lot. You know, he, he said something a few times. You couldn't hear yeah. it. Uh, he didn't say a lot, and then he just waved Lawler off. There Lawler was more of a stare down. Yeah, Lawler got up on the apron. Uh, basically, Lawler was wanting to get in there, and he wouldn't do it. So Lawler goes over to Lance. Um, Man, Lawler's looking really hairy here lately. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he hadn't subscribed to any manscaping at all, for sure. He uh, his his shoulders are covered. Yeah, he looks. You know, he's always you know. I don't know. He just. I don't know if he's um what he's doing, but yeah, I think that's why he's looking darker. Cause <laughs> But yeah, he just looked. I noticed last week, but this week seems like he's getting. He's not. He's not aware near Dutch Mantel yet. But man, he's that's the hairiest I think I've seen him. Um. So he talks about the uh, match. Basically, there it's reverse stipulations. Like, um, if he loses the Brickhouse, um, he has to shine his shoes, and it, but he's got a special referee. Yeah, Big Bubba's gonna be the special referee. Um, basically, basically, what that was about, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, for the most part, uh, he he does hit the line that uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and Brickhouse just wants to be like a king. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's gonna shine Brickhouse's shoes if he loses. Um, and he and he goes into I guess what happened uh, the prior week. At wherever you saw the cards, since it was the same match, no. um, I, I guess some heels interfered somehow, and there was a ref bump because uh, Lawler really alludes to you know you can hit the ropes as hard as you want and come you know come 100 miles an hour, you're still not going to knock Big Bubba down. Yeah, it was a really solid promo from Lawler. Yeah. But when Lawler stops, like you said, when he stops trying to be funny. He's really good. Yeah, he's yeah, that's the thing. I don't know why he always wants to be funny. Uh, but the last about the last three weeks, he's been he's been serious, and it's um, it's a lot better because his his funny is just not. And Dundee, they're they're good when they're serious, but they're not they're trying to be funny. They're not. They're not. They don't realize that they're old. They're old men. They're not funny. <clears throat> so um, uh, so they cut the break. Oh, I so said he got a bigger pop too. Seemed like today. Um, so they cut the break. Got Lance with the Evansville card for Wednesday, July 
22nd, Evansville Coliseum, Evansville, Indiana. Uh, he talks about Brookhouse versus Lawler. He says the got the U.S. Tag Champs, Steve Kern, Ron Simmons going against the Nasty Boys tonight. So, so question real quick. So it's the U.S. Tag Champs of the AWA. No, Florida. Okay, that's, that's, what, that's what I was wondering because I'm like I didn't remember the AWA having U.S. tag champs. No, it was uh, that's the Florida tag. They were called the U.S. U.S. tag. It was Steve Kern and Ron Simmons. I guess Kern just come so, up for a week. Was, was Florida no longer an NWA affiliate? Because I know Championship Wrestling Florida was always associated with the NWA. Um, they'd just been bought out by Crockett. Um, I think it was just Kern just. I guess he was going to be in town, I guess. Because um, I think this is around the time, because um, this is when Crockett had bought him out, and uh, Florida was based on his last leg. And I want to try to remember this. At some point, they shut down, because it was Matsuda and Tanaka's dad. Uh, I can never say his name right. Duke. Crap. Yeah, Yeah. And um and I think Graham had still had a little bit to do with the office. Uh, then they shut down and then I wanna say it was toward the end of eighty seven, maybe early eighty eight, Kern and Graham started back up. So I'm wondering if he came up and was he might have just been coming up to maybe get some feelers on guys about maybe coming to Florida work for him and Graham, maybe. So I'm thinking. I can do that. So, um, and, and I didn't know that Ron Simmons worked territories that much. So he, this was he, uh, he a bit of a surprise by me. He didn't work territories. I don't know what Cornette was saying on his podcast. And Ron worked territories. Ron worked Florida. <laughs> and, well, I mean, that, that makes sense because he was and still is a massive star in the state of Florida. Oh, yeah, because, it was, it was, you know, football, you know, he was Florida State and all that and and was in the Heisman running for a defensive person. That was unheard of at the time. And, um, um, you know, so, um, no, he didn't work territories. The territories were, only territories around were in 80, uh, he started in 80, what, 86, 87, 87. Only territories was left really was, Florida was di- it was dead. It was like I said it only lasted a few more months, um, and that's where he worked at. He didn't. I mean, he might have did a one shot here and there like he did here in Memphis, but um, you know, world class. It was still a territory, um, continental, in Portland. There's only like NAWA. Well, yeah, I guess you won't. Well, hey, they made it till the nineties. Well, yeah, but. Yeah, I guess you want to call it that. I guess it's a still a territory, I guess. I just, when I say territory, I don't think of the big three. I always think of, you know, with the feet off from the big three. So that's... Gotcha. But, um, all right. Uh, so, let's see. Um, uh, I think it was Sags. They come in, they started, they plug in their match, and... You can tell they were really green. I can barely remember them from AWA. Uh, I remember more from AWA for being refs than actually being a tag team. And then I think it was Sags had the the most outdated, even for 1987 line. He said, he said they're going to be in Technicolor. 
Ain't that like I, 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 I couldn't get over the fact that they were shirtless under their leather jackets and that they had all their teeth. Well, they just started. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Just Jerry Sags, especially, has always been missing that tooth, you know? Yeah. And so seeing him with all his teeth, I'm like, man, that's weird. Yeah, so that Technicolor, I was like, that's like from the 60s, dude. Um, And this is like the only time Brian Knobs has ever been slim. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Bruno comes in with a suit and his Poe Folks hat on. (laughs) I popped so hard for the Poe Folks hat. I knew you would. (laughs) Oh, me. And they go, they, um, they're uh, plugging the match with, um, uh, Paul Don Patnock against, um, uh, Dundee and Johnson and Pat's got, Patnock's got on sparring gloves and keeps jabbing at Lance. <laughs> Lance's like, hold on now. Patnock <laughs> kept back, like he was playing, he's jabbing at them gloves on, we kept jabbing at Lance during the whole thing. Uh, Paul Diamond gave another little decent interview for him. He's getting better. Yeah, I like that they're letting these guys have a chance to talk. And Tanaka's never been the best promo in the world, but yeah. he does okay. But, uh, but, he says <laughs> he says he trained Bruce Lee how to fight. Yeah, he said, I said, Pat says, Bruce Lee didn't train him. He trained Bruce Lee. <laughs> That's just your typical heel, you know. Oh, it's a typical Memphis heel. Yeah. To say something so outlandish, yeah. there's no way it's true. Yeah, exactly. Definitely, definitely Memphis. So they cut back to the studio. Got Lance Day with the desk. Lance real, real quick. Oh, what's I, up? I, I, just, I just have to ask. Um, I, I've heard this rumor, and I didn't know if it's true, you know, or just wrestling nonsense. Is it true that Rocky Johnson used to spar, I believe, with Ali, uh, or maybe as a different boxer? They said he was, but you know, it's wrestling. Who really knows? Yeah, it, it, like it, was, it was the fact that he was a sparring partner with somebody. It may not have been Ali. It may have been like Borman or something. But uh, who really knows? Because he's worked. He wrestled forever, and then they try to say box him. Like, well, he's been wrestling for. So I don't. Know. I think it's. I think it's work. It's just. It's a work thing. I think. Right. Uh, I mean, I did some boxing younger than his in his teens or something, but I don't, I don't know. It, that, the the um, age things don't match up from a little bit I've really even looked at, but I think it's, you know, it's just part of the gimmick. All right, so they cut back uh, to the, uh, the DS Lance. They're going to show, show the footage of the Paul Tanaka, Paul Tanaka, <laughs> Paul Don Pat Tanaka versus Rocky Johnson building day with George Barnes from the Mid-South Coliseum. It's the highlights. So they cut to it, and the first thing we see is Dundee taking a big double backdrop. I was like, wow. Yeah, and, and almost breaking his ankles. Yeah. Well, he probably didn't take a double backdrop in... ever. <laughs> and that's an awkward double backdrop to take, too, because Paul Diamond is quite a bit taller than Yeah, that's, that's, an odd, um, that's an odd height in a difference, yeah, for him to be taking that. But um, <laughs> let's see what I... Uh, so basically, this is a highlight. This is basically toward the end of the match. Um, uh, it's got Rocky and Paul are on the floor with the ref. Uh, Bill and Pat are in the ring. Uh, Bruno hits Dundee with the gimmick. Could you say the gimmick? Because I tried to. I, I, looked, I couldn't tell what it was. I realized yeah, it three times. Yeah, that, that really. But obviously, we had a gimmick. Uh, it's Memphis, so I always assume a check. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Basically, that's what you get to assume it when it's Memphis, and you can't see what it is. 
So Barnes comes over, grabs Dundee, gives her atomic drop, throws him over the rail. Uh, Barnes, Which that was dangerous for Bruno. What's that? Throwing him over the rail because yeah. he wanted to murder yeah, him. Yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. Yeah, that's kind of... That was, yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's that is kind of yeah, that was dangerous. Um, he gets up on the apron, has a chair. Uh, Dundee runs uh, Tanaka's head into the chair uh, for the win, and they're the new international tag team champions. And then it gets crazy. Uh, Bill walks, uh, comes in. He's a uh, he, he thanks Barnes and then runs over and, and just straddles Johnson. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do a, a big, over-exaggerated uh, celebration. And you just see in the background, it's a great camera shot. And I know they didn't mean to get it because they just have a hard cam. Yeah. But it's just Barnes just staring at him. Yeah. Oh, Barnes is excellent in this role. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I think that's just, I think he's, I think he's just been himself. <laughs> So crusty old timer, you know? Yeah, he he doesn't. It break it breaks down really quick, and we get to a squabble between Barnes and Johnson, and we get building Dundee doing a really good role of trying to play peacemaker. Yep. It, it seems so legit. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it really does, and because it doesn't, it's not a constant fight, or it's not just, it's not just you know, weak shoving or. Yeah. Finger in your face, like they're they're laying into each other with the shoves. Yeah, and it's good. It's like a real fight would get. It'd be yeah. a shove, some crap talking. Yeah, it's really a good. Shove, some crap talking. It, it was done really well. They yeah. start simmering down, and then Johnson's like, "Fine." He extends the hand, and Barnes just walks That's out. off. <laughs> so then they cut back to show to Lance and Dave. Oh. This is we got match number two. We got Rocky Johnson, Bill and D against. Oh, oh, Keith Robertson and Rooster Cogburn, boy. <laughs> this guy is awesome. Uh, He's awesome, but I feel like they've told him to tone it down. They have, but still, it's still, he still, we still get, we, they've toned him down. I think that's why they keep putting him in tag matches. So, he'll have to, you know what I'm saying, so he's not in the whole well, he takes away. Well, truly, they had to because he's taken away from their baby face. <laughs> he's so, he's so entertaining. Uh, so, um, and the Barnes comes out behind him. Um, he goes straight over to the desk. Um, Rooster and Rocky start. <laughs> Rooster, Rooster does a strut. <laughs> Did you say when he went door Dundee and when? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know Dundee was hot. I know. You know Dundee got mad. <laughs> See, he didn't start right toward Dundee. I mean, for, for God's sake, in 2006 or seven, Dundee was hot, and we were wearing stars. So you know he is hot about someone else doing a strut. <laughs> On TV, nonetheless. Nonetheless, from 100 people at Stadium Inn. <laughs> hey, man, we got a picture-in-picture shot in this match. They did, didn't they? I didn't think yeah. about that. We, we got we got a short. They didn't last it too long. It yeah. must have cost some money or something. Yeah. But we, we got we got Barnes doing commentary, and it was great because he's all laid back with his feet. Yeah, kicked he up. was all kicked back, just like just spread back, laying back, just just being all comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> man, he uh, he said some things though. Oh man, did he say some things? 
uh, asking what tribe Johnson came from compared to compared him to the Aborigines from <laughs> Australia. And, and then, it just gets worse from here as the show goes and then, on. Uh, Lance says something about Paul Hogan. Crocodile Dundee. Oh, yeah, he did not like Paul Hogan. Oh, and he started bashing Paul Hogan big time. <laughs> oh, well, so, uh, nice little opening spot with uh, Rooster and Rocky. Um, I can't remember what it was, but I wrote it down. <laughs> it's opening spot. Um, let's see. Uh, Bill come in. Uh, they did, they did a, a big backdrop on Roberson. Got a strut from Bill Dundee. Uh, Rocky Johnson had his working boots on today. Yeah, and I think that was by design, too, because they wanted Barnes to just sit there and bury everything Johnson yep. did. And Johnson's hitting drop kicks and being yeah. super athletic. Man. He's doing, on TV, he's literally just done, you know, his same opening spot each week. Yeah. But he's he's working his butt off today, and I, I think that's by design yeah, so that it's again, Barnes has something to bury. Yeah, exactly. It was part of Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Uh, man, that first drop kick, man, he drilled Robertson right in the mouth. Oh, yeah. man. It was right in the mush. <laughs> Yeah, and Lance actually missed it. The finish is actually a KO punch. Yeah, and it looked weird, though. Did you notice? <laughs> it it gave, was really short. Yeah, he gave him the one drop kick, gave him the second one, and he fed up for a weird, <laughs> the punches. I think he, I think he might have fed in too fast or something. Cause it, 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 yeah, it looked like a little short. It was, the timing wasn't there. Something happened to the timing. Yeah, there, there, there was no space for an extension. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that's why Lance missed it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Lance said he pinned him with a drop kick. I'm like, no, he didn't. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a good little lead-in since they're doing the uh, martial arts match. Yeah, and did you notice uh, Rocky had a big old knot on his forehead? I didn't. Yeah, I noticed that he had a big old knot on his forehead. I don't know where that came from. Um, uh, he, caught a, he caught a tater on a house show, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Did they have any? I can't remember if there was anything after the after the pin. No. Okay. I think yeah, that's right. He walked out, and then Barnes kind of walked out behind him a little, a little space. Well, they went right. To, he went. Johnson went first, and then Barnes went after. Right. They, they didn't. All three walked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think Johnson went back first, followed yeah. by Dundee, followed about ten feet behind by Barnes. Barnes. Okay. So they cut to Brandon. They got uh, Lance with the Evansville card. It's the whole card. You want to run it down? Well, first you can't you can't be you gotta be in Owensboro, Kentucky. Oh, it's gonna be a wing ding in July twenty third. That's where it was. The one, yeah, the wing. I forgot. He says enough. That was the last one. The last is I remember. Yeah, the wing ding. It's gonna be a wing ding. But as far as Evansville, Indiana goes, we've got the opening match with George Barnes versus Rooster Cogburn, which I would be extremely excited. Dude, to Rooster. See, see I, that all this has paid off. He finally got on a house show. All that no, we've got. A Southern Tag Team title match. Billy Travis and Mark Starr against Don Bass and Clone 328. 327 is injured. Oh, okay. I me- do remember that. Okay, well that makes more sense. So I was like, that's a really random tag team. <laughs> yeah, especially if they're doing their gi- the clones doing the gimmick. Yeah, then Don Bass, yeah, that's like one thing I uh, like the other on that one. <laughs> I-, I want them to do a switch. And try to play it off, and, and Calhoun just look at them like, "What?" <laughs> oh wait! 
Or, or they do the switch and it's Frank Morrell and he just doesn't care. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, we have the U.S. Tag Team Championship match. Champion Steve Curran and Ron Simmons versus the Nasty Boys. A martial arts match. Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond versus Rocky Johnson and Bill Dundee. This match gets really weird later in the show. Exactly. A grudge match. The Moondog Spot and Spike versus Jeff Jarrett and Big Bubba. And the main event for the Southern Heavyweight title. Crowning title versus Lawler shining Brickhouse's shoes. Brickhouse Brown versus Jerry Lawler with special referee Big Bubba. I hate how they space this up. I've noticed this in past cards. The people playing double duty always have the match right before. Yeah. Yeah. It's Bubba and that's come right back and do the do the um I bet they switch it around. I bet they do the Moon Dog and Jared Bubba and put Dundee and Johnson them in the semi main. I bet they probably switch it up. It, it would only make sense because not only that, because you imagine, because you know Bubba's going to be sweaty. He's a big man. You didn't imagine him trying to pull that referee shirt on. It's already going to be tight enough. Well, I'm just saying though, if they, if they most likely in this house show, they pulled some time in because there's only six matches. That that Moon Dog match probably went a while and it was a lot of brawling, so they probably, he probably needed a little rest anyway. Because you know Lawler and Brickhouse, it's going to be a lot of ref interaction. So it's oh, with the special being the special ref and everything. So they cut back to the studio. It's Diamond Tanaka against Barnes and Bryant, and still for the month and a half we the refer the, the manager still getting no more graphics. So they've had to cut the manager graphics. So I can save it for that at ten seconds of the split screen gimmick. <laughs> yeah, they, they've been saving up for that. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, Paul Diamond starts off with Bryant. Uh, it's not the Bryant you like. It's the it's the one that looks the one that looks like he's actually been doing a little training and working out a little bit. He's actually looking pretty decent. But yeah, he is. He's starting to get in really good shape. Yeah, but they, and, and, he, and he's becoming a head of a worker. But they they start to heat right off on him. Uh, they beat on him the whole match. Um, lots of chops. Yeah, lots of chops. Uh, yeah, they, they just they beat on him basically the whole match. Uh, Tanaka hits a kick and does a standing elbow drop for the pin. One, two, three. Uh, Barnes comes in. He never got in the match. It was. Uh, but he did a really good job of working the apron. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> he um, heals powder when Barnes comes in. Barnes starts yelling at Bryant. Hits him, and Dundee comes out. Uh, you know, he's arguing and all this, and they go out and they go over to Lance, and they're... My, my favorite Dundee line, and he says it in the interview, too, that we're about to go to, but you can hear him in the ring. He goes, well, he tried really hard. Yeah. <laughs> he tried really hard. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. And uh, so they go over there, and they're, so he, it comes over to Lance, and they're going, he's telling him, and blah, 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 and... Um, Barnes is like a scorned lover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he's playing up the jealousy. You know, what about me? And Bill alludes to the fact that I guess he promised that they would tag team when he came in. Yeah. But you know, right now Bill and Rocky are the uh, are the champs, so he can't do it right now. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> Barn calls Rocky Johnson a. We looked it up, and we think it's it's a racial slur. Uh, so we're not one hundred percent, but we're pretty sure it is. Uh, so, 
if you want to know what Barnes calls Johnson during this part of this interview, uh, just watch the show because um, we're pretty sure it's racial slur against Johnson. So, um, so if you want to see what it is, uh, Rocky Johnson out and they had the shoving. Um, Rocky Johnson called him a goof, called him goofy about five more times. Like, he's not a goof. He's not a goof. Yeah, just, just a little weird. Yeah, just a little weird. So they're doing the shoving matches back, and um, finally Johnson leaves, and uh, Bonds and Dundee, they're still, it, it's just a big, it's really good. It's like, they didn't waste no time, which which I think is probably better they did it this way, because if, if Barnes really had felt this way. If he would come in and waited week after week after week, then finally start doing it. It wasn't. I'll you know been like, yeah, you 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 would see that it you know it wouldn't it wouldn't have the effect it doesn't because they come in first day, then you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it, well, and you and you have Bill. Bill's been living in America. Yeah. So obviously he's become more Americanized. Because he's right. been here for yeah he's been here for eleven years. 11, 12 you know years what I mean? Now. So, of course, he would like America more, whereas, you know, Barnes did his run and left. Yep. And has been gone forever. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it, it makes perfect sense for it, to, for it to be this way. And Bill playing Peacekeeper, he does a really good job. Yeah. He make, he's, and my thing is, he's so serious. And it's it, it, that's why I think it's this is getting over really good because for the last month and a half since he's been back, he's been... I'm a funny guy. I'm I'm a comedian. I'm you know, he's being serious now. So it's you know it, it and with the whole thing of them going right into it, not you know, um, you know let him let Barnes when they've been there. You know, like I said three four weeks. And all of a sudden, oh he's oh he's racist now. You know what I'm saying? It they, yeah. who, whoever whoever playing this. I guess I'm sure it's Dundee. It's perfect. You know, they they're doing it right. Yeah, Dundee is not afraid to use the race angle because if he's also looking or at least you know giving somewhat of an idea of the uh, of the Brickhouse Brown Jerry Lawler feud, he's definitely not afraid to yeah. tackle race. Yeah, and you know it's Memphis. I mean, play to your crowd, you know. Yeah, and but following this, we get we go from a really heavy race angle and one before that, frankly. Yeah. So we need some levity, right? Yeah, we got we got to we got to do something because it's getting a little. So, what do you go to? You go to Don Bass, baby. The singing cowboy. <laughs> oh, this is great. So Lance says we're gonna give Don Bass one more chance. He sent in another tape of the music video. <laughs> While Lance and, and is now instead of being on uh, Jerry Jarrett's property somewhere, he's uh, he's in front of the w- WC Hanley. Statue in Memphis. Down on Bill Street, and he's from the statue, and says, he says he's gonna going to play his greatest hit. The music starts, shows the guitar strumming. You hear Don sing it. He Don starts singing. He's lip syncing. Uh, he moves. He's not his, even trying this week. He he moves his fingers on the neck of the guitar for maybe two seconds, then he stops moving them at all again. <laughs> I saw like, like, oh, he's actually gonna move his fingers this week, and he like moved it like, like three seconds, and then he stopped moving on the rest of. The <laughs> and of Not course, only that, and I don't know if it's just the quality of the video, but I think the guitar is missing a string. 
I didn't even notice it. I bet it is. That even makes it better. That even makes it better if it is. <laughs> oh, if it's Mr. String, that's even better. I gotta look at that next. <laughs> oh, that would be that. That would just make it. You know. Oh, that's even better. I'm going to check well, it out. Well, you know they bought that guitar, guitar for ten dollars at a pawn shop. I'm sure they probably didn't pay that for it. Probably, probably went down to Starvation Army and got it. Because back then, Goodwill wasn't that big. Salvation Army was was bigger than Goodwill around that time still. So I probably went down there and got it. And Lance cuts this one in record time. <laughs> so, um, the song is uh, Bobby Bear, uh, Detroit City. I think that was like his biggest hit ever. Um, so it's going. And <laughs> then you hear it's going, it's playing and hanging. And all of a sudden you hear, you hear Lance say, say, kill it. <laughs> And they cut it off. I mean, you can hear them say, kill it. They cut it off. And Dave is over there. He's got his finger over his mouth. On his, hand on his hand on his chin and finger. And you say he's about to bust out laughing. Um, they cut it. And Lance says, that is horrible. And boy, Don Bass, that was the fastest I think I've ever seen him run. Man, he, I love his outfit. He's got a skin-tight yellow shirt with red suspenders. Oh, he's he's countryed up, man. He's <laughs> but he made. I, do you think that was the fastest he ever ran? He was uh, he was trucking. He come flying out there, didn't he? <laughs> he looked like a, a, a speed mall walker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he came. Yeah, his he was all decked out today. He come out there and he was hot, boy. He was mad. He throws his cigar down. Throws his hat. And Rear Bagley is going to hit Lance with the guitar. Um, I'll see what I say. Did you imagine the heat if they ever paid that off and he did hit Lance? I it would never happen. But did you imagine the heat? Oh, gosh. No, that wouldn't. Someone would shoot Don Bass. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if he would have blown it with the guitar, yeah. Yeah, that, that would have. Yeah, because Lance was the, he was everybody's grandfather, you know, the, the one with all the wise, wise wisdom and, you know, uh, level-headed, level-headed person during all the chaos through the years and, you know, yeah, that would, <laughs> would have been bad. Um, he said, Bass says something toward the lines of every time he get from now on, every time he gets in the ring with a wrestler, he's going to, uh, He's gonna beat the brains out of him, and it's on. Uh, he says it's. Uh, he says it's because of Lance. He says it's gonna be on your short, on your shoulders, buddy boy. <laughs> so he's gonna beat everybody up and blame it, and it's because of Lance's fault. It's Lance's fault for cutting his video off every time. So Don, he's just mad. He he runs off and leaves. Then out comes Bruno, and this was really good. I thought. Super good. I mean, right out, it was like back to back. <clears throat> Excuse me, there was like no delay in between. Spike and uh, Spike and Spot, Spike and Spot come out, and Bruno has Spike with a dog collar and a big long chain. He's leading him out. That was good because if you know, he's the wild one. You know, he's the one. So he, if he just walked out there the first week, I think that was good because you know during the the video, you know, he was the wild one. He had you know. All separated, and you know what I'm saying. 
Yeah, and, and Spike really played it up. Yes, he did really uh, Bill good. Bill Smithson was going everywhere, barking at children. You know, I think he got into Dave's papers. Yeah, that was good because, see, everybody knows Spot. He's been there before. It's weird to see Spot be the normal one. Yeah, and, and they need, this was Spike's debut, so he had to, he had to, he had to you know. Can't stand out. Exactly. He had to because, you know, like I said, and they've never seen which they obviously had seen Bill Smith, but they did not know that was Bill Smith. <laughs> and, um, and, and I think Spot even toned it down to make Smith yeah. stand up. Even yeah, he more. did. He did. Definitely did. Um, so it was really, really good, I thought, that, that the way they um, they brought him out there. So the fourth match is Moondogs against, um, it says Diamond Thompson. And the Diamond is a... Is a uh, looks like a young young guy named Rudy Diamond. I never seen yeah, him before. Yeah, well, well put together African yeah. American gentleman named uh, named Rudy Diamond. He's in really good shape. Uh, he's he's not quite as big as Rickhouse Brown, but he's not far off. He's in great shape. Um, so it started out at Spike and Freezer, and he just starts beating on him. Uh, he was biting him. <laughs> a lot of biting. Yeah, a lot of biting, a lot of forearms and kicks. Freezer took a nice back bump. Uh, basically, they just beat on him. Uh, Diamond never got in the ring. The finish was a knee drop off the second from Spike to the chest of Freezer for the pin. Um, I thought there was going to be a lot of afterbirth. Um, but uh, Spike throws a chair in the ring. The ref intercepts it. Finally, Bruno gets the dogs out of the studio. I thought they'd just leave them blam, but they really didn't. Uh, cut to break, come back. Look, I liked one thing they did. What's that? Is Bruno jumps on Spike's back, and Spike just walks around with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he no-sells it. It wouldn't make no sense if little bit old Bruno on his back, and if he sold that he was on his back. Yeah, he was all over the place. Very, very, um, it was really good. Uh, so the music hits. They're back with Lance standing. Music hits. Out comes uh, Jeff Jarrett and Bubba. They come over to Lance. Bubba talks about the Moon Dogs. Uh, he it was good and short. Bubba's Bubba. He, he's still green talking, but he keeps everything short and to the point. He don't veer off nowhere, so it's really good. Um, Jeff talks about defending the Mid America Belt and then feuding with the Moon Dogs. Uh, this was a better interview from Jeff. Uh, he didn't stumble, so he must have didn't smoke a joint before. For the show. Um, so basically, that's about what it was. And then I thought we were going to get something really good here because it was the fifth match. It was Jeff Jarrett against Phil Hickerson. No oh, yeah, I got excited. No Tojo. Uh, I should have known it wasn't, I should have known there wasn't going to be it. I mean, if they would have could have put in some time, that would have been excellent. Uh, man, Phil starts out fast, just gets on Jeff, uh, bones him around, and uh, I was like, man. I, I, I love that. Phil Higgins's hair looked like he just took off his trucker cap right before he went to the ring. I, I'm pretty sure he. I'm surprised he didn't have it on when he went out there. His hair always looks like that, man. <laughs> yeah, I think he just. Yeah, he. You know, but thing is, he wouldn't look right going out there all groomed and everything. <laughs> that man looked like he'd never seen a comb. It's hilarious. Yeah, uh, but he just bumps Jeff around a little bit. Jeff comes back. gets about thirty. I think seconds. he forgot his boots, by the way. Who? Dickerson. No, that's some of his old boots, man. I told you before he had some, he had some old ugly ones. Oh, he wears those a lot in 88. A lot. 
they, they look like brown work boots. Yeah. They're, I think him and Lawler got a, a deal on them back in the 70s. Lawler painted his like a brownish bronze, and and I don't think Harrison painted his. But uh, they, they look too short for his long tights. Yeah. But yeah, he was a lot in, the eight, in 88. I, I just, those didn't look good. Yeah, no, I, I I didn't like him either. I think it was. Uh, I, I feel like the matches when he first came back, he was wearing wrestling boots. Yeah, he had some different. Although wrestling boots are just the old. Them, I think they're probably the most comfortable boots he's got. I think it's what's what it is. He's like, I just you know he probably just grabbed because he still had because through the through, especially through eighty eight he was changing his leggings and stuff like every week and <coughs> excuse me, especially at Nashville um, the house show. He always had different tights on, so I think he kept all this stuff. And I, it's probably most comfortable boots. He just slide them on and go. Yeah, as I say, let's be real. He's an old grizzled brother. He, he doesn't want to tie his boots. No, yeah, he's just got that belly in the way. Yeah, just got them old boots. He just slides them on and go. Um, so Jeff takes over about thirty seconds. The field takes back over, and then uh, Jeff hits him with the drop kick, and out comes the Moon Dogs. Uh, field basically just powders out, just leaves. Uh, the Moondogs beat on Jeff. They put the uh, collar around his neck and shoot him off and yank him. He does the big back bump. Then they, Which was awesome. Yeah, it looked, it looked stiff. It was really snug. Uh, they stretch him out one on one, in one on the other. They're stretching him out across the ring uh, with the chain. Out comes Bubba for the save. There's no contact on the save, and they go to break. We're going to have to speed this up. I didn't realize it was this late. Um, Lance with Edson Vicard. Um, he plugs the... Uh, Law and Brickhouse Brown, the tag, the U.S. tag match, Jedrick, um, and Bubba come in with the plug against, against the Moon Dogs. Uh, both of them, they talk, it's short and to the point. Then Bill, Bill Dundee, Rocky Johnson come in. This is where it gets gets a little out of whack. Johnson's got on back boxing gloves, and Dundee's got a chain around his neck and a collar. And yeah, so apparently Dundee and Diamond will be connected by a chain. Um, Johnson talks about how he gets to use boxing since Tanaka can use martial arts. And Dundee um, says that... Yeah, Johnson has a really great line, though. The big right hand will send Tanaka to the promised land. Yeah. Dundee says that uh, the manager didn't check the fine print on the contract, so, he's, so him and Diamond are going to be connected together. Uh, and then Rocky messed up and said that uh, he's going to be with... Uh, uh, said Paul Diamond instead of Pat Tanaka on the martial arts part. Uh, Barnes comes in. Uh, oh, Dundee also slid in. By the way, all four guys will be in the ring, and then he leaves. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's going to be a tornado tag. You just had to throw that in before he left. Uh, Barnes comes in and says, uh, plugs the master, says Rocky Johnson should have, have the change on. Oh, here's another big racial thing. He says... Rocky Johnson should have the chain on because him and his people are used to having chains around them. And I was like, Dude. Yeah, oh my God. And they cut right after yeah, that. Yeah, that was, and I think, yep. And they put, and they went back to the studio. Uh, Lance and Dave at the desk, music hit, out comes the Nasty Boys. Knobs talks first, um, says they're from the AWA SAGs. Um, see, man, I don't think we're like Memphis. They always want Lance was gonna be on one side, and if it's no matter how many people it is, he wants everybody on the on his other side. Everybody else, I noticed every promotion, if it's two people, one's on one side, and announcers in the middle. Lance didn't ever do that. So people, when they first come, they'd always stand, try to stand in the back. Of his, 
back to him. So Sag's back inside was to him basically the whole time. Um, they said a lot of just really cheap heat uh, stuff. To get yeah, really, the promo was terrible. Yeah, they're real. I'm saying this probably in AWA. I don't think they ever talked because they basically they they weren't there. I don't think they hardly did anything because like I said they were based mostly the whole time they were in AWA. They were referees. Um, so it's probably the first time they've ever actually been behind a mic, especially in front of a live crowd. Um, very basic, generic, cheap heat stuff. Um, uh, you know, they're really bashing the South and all that stuff. Uh, bad Memphis. They bash the Memphis in the South. Uh, so the sixth match of the day is the Nasty Boys against Billy Travis and John Paul. So I guess Mark Starr wasn't there. Um, Nasty Boys jump Paul and Travis at the beginning. Um, they... Uh, throw them out of the ring. They slide back in. They hit them with the drop kicks. Nasty take the bump. Uh, Sags went over. Uh, Knobs couldn't get over the top rope, so he kind of just did the Polinko fall through and fall out. Um, Paul and, uh, let's see, John Paul and Knobs start out. They worked the arm for a while. Um, I think this is the most wrestling I've ever seen the Nasty Boys ever do. It was, definitely. Uh, Knobs comes in. He uh, grabs and starts working the wrong arm. Did you notice that? I did, um, but it was a very quick change-up after that. Well, he, uh, he so was see an other legal guy came in, he went right back to the left. Yeah, Sags came in and went over to the other. <laughs> so, yeah, Knobs is... Um, they hot tag Travis, he comes in. Knobs don't know... He doesn't know to feed in for the hot tag. He's still on the apron the whole time. Finally, Travis over and bumps him. Um, finally, everybody goes into a four-way... Um, it was it was this was total confusion. Um, John Paul got pinned. Uh, I, yeah, John Paul. He did get tagged back in though. I rewound it and saw that. Yeah, I did rewind it too. He uh, <clears throat> excuse me. He yeah he tagged him right when they went into, when it got all chaos. He did tag. Uh, John Paul looked looked like he went for a, a small package, but it it looked all messed up. And then Knobs comes in, hits him in the back. Sags covers him one two three. Um, for the pin, um, I put on here wasn't pretty. Sags is green, but Knobs is just horrible. Knobs uh, had trouble getting in and out of the ring. Did you notice that? Uh-huh. He kept he couldn't get in out of the ring. He was stumbling over the ropes. He was awful, man. It was just like why? I mean, I said you tell Sags is green, but Knobs is just oof. Um, so they cut the break, and whoever recorded the show didn't even record the. Anything else? Because as soon as it came back, it went straight to the next show. So there was no um, sign off or nothing, or show closing or anything. Um, we got about a minute. You'll give a fast what you like and everything real fast. Uh, it was really cool to see young nasty boys. Uh, Rickhouse Brown was fantastic as always. Um, I'm loving the stuff with George Barnes, even if some of the things he says are very cringe worthy. Piece uh, of show all around. Yeah. Um, I like the show. The highlights for me were uh, Rooster, um, George Barnes, uh, Don Bass. Um, so, um, Nasty Boys, uh, really bad. Uh, Knobs is so bad. He's horrible. Um, Jack Hart wasn't on the TV or the Evansville card, so he might actually finally be gone. Uh it's good to see a little bit of the Miss I Call Sim thing. All right, that's about 36. I had a little more to talk about, but hey, 
Yeah, that's all the time we got. So, um, thanks everybody for uh, for listening. For Jeremiah Plunkett and Quint Charisma, hey, that's me. Thanks for listening. God bless. Bye bye, everybody. <laughs>